Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Hello, everybody. My name is Frank, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And just to prove it, I'll show you some of my pictures from when I was at my top weight during my relapse. They don't come through very well here on the screen, but I think you can see that I qualify. Um, I'll first just give you my weight history. My top weight before, a was, before OA was 430 pounds. I walked in the doors at 380. Within the first year in the program, I got down to my goal weight of 200. I uh, stayed there for about eight or nine years. And then I went through a long period of relapse and recovery and I got to a higher top weight in the relapse than I did before I came into the program. I got to 460 pounds in my relapse. And, um, and then about well, 14 and a half years ago, I was at 400 pounds and that's when I started my current abstinence. So uh, this time it took me about two years to get down to my goal weight of, of, of close to 200 pounds. And um, I've stayed pretty much near there for the time since then. So that's the the hit the weight history. Um, I came into OA 41 years ago, in August of '79, and I uh, I was an absolute atheist when I got here. I could prove that God didn't exist, and so it had to be a little miracle to get me to come in the doors and stay here. And one of the miracles was that there was no internet at that time, so I had no idea that OA was a spiritual program. Another one is that I hit a bottom. Um, I had this friendship with this woman and I wanted to become more than a friend and she didn't. And the pain of that got me to um, call for some help. And the Paddleton Medical Foundation, I called them and they said, oh, a therapist had been in recently. So I called the therapist and he said he would take me on as a client, but I have to go to Overage Anonymous meetings simultaneously. So I looked in the phone book, I called the local number. They gave me the time and location of a, of a meeting near me. And I went to that meeting. It was a noon on a Wednesday on the Stanford campus. I'm over here in Santa Clara right now. And I, um, and it was a very small meeting. There were like four people on the meeting with me. And I got the crosstalk. I got to ask them, how could an atheist work this program? When I found out it was a spiritual program, I said, how can an atheist work this program? And somebody at that meeting loaned me the AA Big Book. And they said, why don't you read the chapter We Agnostics? That might, that might be helpful for you to read that chapter. So I took the book home, I read that chapter, and then I was convinced that O is not for me. Because the only message I got from that chapter was, if you stick with us, we will convert you. And I didn't want to be converted. So fortunately, I was only loaned the book, so I had to go back to that same meeting a week later to return the book to the person that loaned it to me. And I had a little more dose of pain in the week between those first two meetings. So I was a little more willing to listen to them when they said I didn't need to believe in a traditional higher power. I use the group as the higher power, you know, anything, anything that's, uh, that's got more power of food than I do. Because I, you know, I demonstrated that I have no power over food. So I was a little more willing. And I actually went to my third OA meeting the same day that I went to my second meeting. My third meeting was a bigger meeting down in San Jose. And it had about 30, 40 people at 30, something like 30 people at it. And there was a thin man that stood up at that meeting. And he talked about having lost over 100 pounds and how he kept it off for years. And so that gave me the hope I needed because, you know, I, 
I thought maybe I'd get down to just from morbidly obese to just being a fat guy. But you know, this guy got, got all the way down to thin. So I kind of plunged into the program, but I ignored the steps because the steps had that word God in them. So I got a food sponsor and I started losing weight. And I went to meetings, three or four meetings a week. And, um, and you know, things are going well. And then I, um, I uh, let's see, what, what story do I want to tell this time? Um, well, what happened is a, about six months into the program, a man volunteered to be my step sponsor. I didn't ask him to be my step sponsor. He volunteered to be my step sponsor and he had been cut out of the same mold I had been cut out. He had been an atheist before he came into the program. He had multiple addictions. I was also into alcohol and weed and things like that. He, um, you know, and, and, and he, he had, had to lose over hundred pounds uh, when, he got, when he came into OA. So I took him on as my sponsor. And the first thing he got me to do about step two was to give up the debate. You know, I had my little proof that God didn't exist. Well, what good did that do me in my life? It did me no good at all. Whereas if I could come to believe that a power greater myself could restore me to sanity, what good would that do? Well, that would do a lot of good, you know, to be restored to sanity, especially sanity about the food. So I, um, that was the first thing I did was give up the debate. And then he got me to act as if and to pray, even though I didn't think I was praying to anything out there. And so I would say the serenity prayer and I almost always got the serenity, which was the thing that I needed. I, you know, I was usually trying to change some person, place or thing that I couldn't change. And the, uh, I said the serenity prayer, I usually got some serenity out of it. So that was the beginning of, of, of working the steps. By the way, if I could rewrite any step, uh, you know, I've got a scientific background. And if I could rewrite any step, I would rewrite the second step to say, gathered evidence that a power greater than ourselves can restore us to sanity. And that's what I've been doing every, every day during the program here the last 41 years. I've been gathering more and more evidence that if I turn my will and my, my, my life over to the care of my higher power, my life works better. I get restored to sanity about whatever situation it is. It's not just food, it's other people, places and things, politics, whatever it is, I get restored to sanity if I can turn my will and my life over to the care of my higher power. Now, I at first I was using the group as the higher power because if I went to the meetings, I got some strength and support and I could make it to the next meeting without compulsive overeating. But I needed to have a more portable higher power that I could take with me. So I eventually um, developed what I call the higher self. And that's, my, that's what I still use as my higher power today. And it's based on the OANA literature. Uh, there's a number of places where they talk about um, how intuition can be that the, what the, the if, we, if we ask God for help in a prayer, the intuitive thought that comes into our head <clears throat> could be God's answer to that prayer. That's the, the answer that he, that he thinks that we should um, follow. And in fact, that's what the OANA literature says in quite a few places that we ask for inspiration for an intuitive thought. And, and so I basically turned that intuitive thought into my higher power. So I call that, that intuitive thought, I come from what I call almost my higher self. That's not Frank. The Frank that's sitting here talking to you right now, that's the Frank that's the compulsive overeater. That's the Frank that's selfish and self-centered. That's, that's the Frank whose life is unmanageable and he wants to manage everybody else's life. And that's the Frank that needs to turn his will and his life over to the care of that higher self within him. So, so that's the higher power that I used then. And in fact, I've kind of created an elaborate theory of that higher self and 
Um, but that's another outside issue, so I won't talk about that here. But um, that's my higher power, and I, um, that's why I would, I'm gathering more and more evidence that that higher self that I, that I use as my higher power is working for me. So, so that, with that, I can start working the steps, and I, um, and I, you know, I, I worked all the steps within the first year of the program, and I'd lost all the weight in the first year of the program. And, you know, I was being asked to speak at a lot of meetings because I had lost all this weight. I was the, uh, I got involved in intergroup and I was the World Service Business Conference delegate. I went to every OA event I could go to. I went to, the, at that time, the World Service Con Convention was every year. So I went to the convention every year. And then I also went to the conference as a delegate sometimes. And I went to the Region 2 conventions. I went to our intergroup had two retreats a, a year at that time. And I went to both of those retreats. So I was going to lots and lots of OA events. And, um, and then I got more involved in the intergroup. And at one point I was the chairperson of the intergroup and also the business conference delegate. And, um, and that's when I had my break in abstinence. And at that time, my, my food plan when I went to a buffet at a restaurant was that I could have one plate. That, that was all that I could have at a buffet. Now it could be close to the avalanching off the sides of the plate but as long as it fit on one plate, it was legal. And hopefully it was mostly salad, you know, with some, some other higher calorie things mixed in with it, but that was the plan. So I went to a buffet dinner by myself and I had three plates. Now the second and third plate weren't as huge as the first plate, but three doesn't equal one. But I was in between sponsors at the time because my first sponsor had moved to the East Coast. And so I had to get another sponsor and then he uh, moved down to LA, so I had to get a third sponsor, but I didn't get one yet at that point in time. And so I didn't have anybody I could tell about it. And I wanted to go to the World Service Business Conference that year. I really enjoyed it. I, you know, I'd become familiar and not friends exactly, but I, I knew all the members of the board of trustees and, and I was in hot tubs with some of them and things like that. But um, I couldn't tell anybody about my break in abstinence because then I have to give up all my service positions. They all had service requir uh, abstinence requirements. So I didn't tell anybody. And then uh, a week or two later, I had another break of uh, an abstinence and then faster after that. You know, it's, it's that, that first bite that leads to the second and, the, and the, the first binge and the second binge and the third binge. And finally, I'd put on some weight. So I had to admit that I was no longer abstinent. And so I dropped all my service positions. And then I went into hermit mode, basically. Ten. You have five oh, left. Okay. All right. Um, so I was um, going to basically one meeting a week, my Saturday 10 a.m. meeting. And by the way, we have a great Saturday 10 a.m. speaker uh, tomorrow, if, you want, if you're interested. Um, um, so I went to the Saturday 10 a.m. meeting and I would go more often when I was abstinent. And, and I was alternating abstinence and, re and relapse during that long period of time. Because most of the time, I, my weight was in the 350 to 400 range. So anytime I was going from 400 down to 350, that was an abstinent period because I wouldn't do that when I was binging. And then I'd stay there for a while and then I'd go back up to 400 and then go back down to 350. So I did that for many years and I got lucky. I retired young in the year 2001 and I was going to work this program on retirement and lose the weight. And finally, in 2006 is when I got my current abstinence. So I had six more years of five more years of messing around with food. Um, and I and all I can tell you is that, well, in fact, I have, I have to thank Oakland because 
I started my abstinence on June 25th of 2006, and that was on the Monday before the Region 2 convention that was in Oakland that year. So I, I decided it would be good to have five days of abstinence before I went to the convention. And this is the first convention I've been to in you know 14 years or something. So I decided on Monday to have five days of abstinence and I went to a meeting a day for those five days. And then I went to the convention and I met one of my friends here who was at this meeting and said hi, and I hadn't seen her for a while. And I, um, and I got a lot of, of benefit out of that convention and then I decided to go to my 90 meetings in 90 days and that worked so well, I actually kept up a meeting a day for about three years. I went to a meeting a day on average. If I missed the day, I would go to two meetings another day. So um, that's how I started my recovery. And then gradually I've ramped down. And before COVID, I was down to two to maybe three meetings a week. Now I'm at four or maybe five meetings a week with uh, Zoom calls. They're so much easier to get to these days. So, um, so that's what I've been doing here. And I've worked the steps twice in these last 14 years, the most recently out of the big book, using the OA big book primary purpose program method of working the, the steps. And, and step 10 is, is, a, is a key part of the program as far as I'm concerned. Now, I'm a great proselytizer about step 10. I'm not as great at doing it, but I, my intention is to do it more than I do it currently. And, um, and the, the thing about step 10 is that it needs to be done on the, on the moment. In fact, it says continue to watch for when we were selfish, dishonest, uh, uh, resentful, or afraid, or whatever it says there. I don't have it memorized. And it's that continue to watch for is what I got to build up that muscle because, you know, it's like when I when I notice that I'm in a character defect, that's when I can start step 10. Before I notice that I'm in the character defect, I'm just running on the character defect. You know, I'm angry at somebody or I'm yelling at somebody or I'm pissed off or I'm, it, it, you can tell that that's usually my, my character defect <laughs> that I get involved with. So, um, so it's when I notice it. And, and I had a great breakthrough of a few years ago, a couple of years ago, I think. Um, so the point is to try to notice that I'm in the character defect and make amends as quickly as I can, you know, stop the character defect and make amends as quickly as I can. And my wife and I were going on a walk, walking our dog in the evening, like we do almost every, every day. And, um, and I was complaining about my wife to my wife you know, that's not a very smart thing to do, but that's what I was doing. I was complaining. And as I was doing that complaint, I said, oh, I could, there was a thought in my head that said, oh, I'll have to do a 10 step about this. So after I finished the last sentence, I then added, and I'm sorry I said that. So I made my amends right there within a second or two after finishing the, the thing that I needed to make an amends for. So that was the fastest I've been at it. You know, sometimes it takes me 10 minutes of stewing and being upset before I notice it. Sometimes it's an hour, sometimes it's a day. But whenever I notice it and, and notice that I need to work a 10 step, that's the beginning of the 10 step. And then I, then I can start making the, first of all, asking God to remove it because I'm as powerless over my selfishness and self-centeredness as I am over my compulsive overeating. So I have to ask God to remove it and, um, and then make the amends as quickly as I can and then the instruction is is to be be of help to somebody else, and that can be making a phone call a phone call to a, a program person. That's a great way to be of help to someone else. But you can also just be of help to someone in the community. You can open a door for them when you both get to the door at the same time. You can you know strike up a conversation with somebody, be friendly with somebody. You can say you can thank people for things that they do for you. Uh, any of those kinds of things are all are all uh, ways of 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 um, of, of 
being of help to other people. So that's, and that's the opposite of my selfishness and self-centeredness is to be of help to other people. That's why the 12th step is so important. So that's the end of my time and thank you for asking me to share.